0: Welcome to the Two-Cent Dad Podcast, where we interview dads to discuss their journeys of intentional fatherhood while doing work they care about and living a life of purpose. I'm your host,
1: Mike Sudik. We want to get him out of that complaint mode. We want to get him into, okay, if there's something wrong, let's see what's going on so we can fix it and not have it happen again. And it's just been a very good uh, thing. And, and, and so whenever we see him... Try to solve a problem first before complaining. Then we actually give him a quarterback. So it's just kind of in and out, and you know, it's it's not yet 100 percent solving problems versus complaining. I mean, he complains all the time, but again, it's just a, one of those systems that we put into place that we have seen progress now, and it's 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 great.
0: Today, I'm very lucky to have Pat Flynn on the podcast. Pat is founder of a website called Smart Passive Income, which he started in 2008 after being laid off from his architecture job, and has since grown into a site that generates about $150,000 a month. Um, He is a very dynamic guy, very vocal in the passive income space, um, helping people develop side businesses. But what he does in this episode is just give some very practical advice to fathers, especially young fathers, and just share some things that he does with his children to teach them solid values and just make sure that he is mentally present when he's with his kids. Um, Pat's a great guy, and this episode does not disappoint, so let's jump in. Hey, I'm here with Pat Flynn, um, who, those of you that don't know, he runs a very successful blog called Smart Passive Income. He's also an author. He is a, a company builder. Um, he is a very successful podcaster, much more successful than myself. Um, he has like 100,000 Twitter followers. So needless to say, he's a very successful guy. His business is doing like $150,000 a month. Um, so I am just very excited to have you on, Pat. I thank you for your time. Um, so I just wanted to, I, you know, one of the things I, was ask, I wanted to ask you was that if you meet someone that you don't know, you know, you're halfway across the country and someone asks you what you do, what do you typically say to
1: them? Yeah. Uh, first of all, Mike, thanks for for having me. Thanks for the kind words. Um, and, and that's an interesting question because the answer changes depending on sort of who I know I'm speaking to or, or, or what the situation is. And, you know, a lot of times people ask me that question at conferences that I go to who, who I'm meeting people for the first time. And so it depends. But often I'll say something like serial entrepreneur. I, I build online businesses. And then of course, that leads into, oh, we'll talk about your online businesses. And I always start off by telling uh, my business about the lead exam. It's an exam in the architecture world that I used to be an architect. I got laid off in 08, but I built my first online business helping people pass an exam, the lead exam. And that's the first one I always tell people because then that sort of shows people that, you know, I've, had experience building businesses first before teaching other people how to, how to build businesses. And then, then I get into Smart Passive Income and the podcast with 20-some-odd million downloads and Ask Pat, my five-day-a-week show, SPI-TV, and uh, public speaker, author, and, and then I get into that whole thing too. But yeah, it, it's, it's funny. Uh, even, even when people ask my wife what I do, she often stumbles because she doesn't know exactly how to put it. Um, it's kind of funny. But yeah, that's kind of that's who I am and what I do. Does
0: your wife ever say, he's an entrepreneur, and then people say, oh... Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting cause they go, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know if they, it's because they don't expect yeah. that or, or, or what, but you know, my, every, a lot of people know my wife and she's a stay at home mom. So of course they always ask, well, what, what does the husband do? They want to know, okay, well, how are you making money in this family? And then it goes into entrepreneurship. And then, then my wife gets into the same spiel, you know, getting into the, uh, helping people pass the architecture exam and, and all the stuff I, I just talked about. But, uh, yeah, entre- entrepreneurs is, is really what I would say more than anything.
0: Okay. Cool. So, why? So, why don't you give a little bit of background? Maybe then give the the two minute you know overview of how you got into this. I mean, I kind of skipped over that with that question, but
1: yeah, no, it's, no, it's good. Uh, you know, like I said, it, it started with the Green Exam stuff. Uh, green Exam Academy is the name of the website, and that all happened after I got laid off in architecture in 08. And I took some knowledge I had about an exam to create a website that to help people pass that exam, and that came with an ebook and courses and practice exams that people could download. Very much inspired and built and framed in a way that was uh, learned by tim ferris in the four-hour work week. his thing is sort of automation and building processes and using software to help automate these processes to take yourself out of the business and so i, I built that business in that way in a sense where when people come to the website, for example, they could buy the book or get access to practice exams without me actually having to be there to make that transaction happen. That's what I consider passive income, being able to generate income in that way without actually having to be there real time. You're not trading your time for money anymore. You're setting things up. You're investing your time up front to set up these systems to continually deliver value and then get paid in return. And so people can buy one of those things and then money goes into my PayPal account, they get that thing automatically delivered to them through the service that I use, or services that I use. And and it's all great. And that's what allows me to continue to work on other projects, and just try a whole bunch of different things, uh, while all these other things are kind of automated and in place. Now, I will say nothing is 100% automated, I continue to go back and tweak and update those things. But the fact that I don't have to be there, and I can literally wake up with more money in my bank account, because my websites are there working for me. And not the other way around. It's 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 a great thing. And so, um, you know, it was definitely a struggle though. It didn't happen overnight, and you know, there were a lot of uh, moments where I wanted to give up. I mean, I had gone into architecture wanting to do it for the rest of my life. I actually loved my job in OA and and got let go, which is unlike a lot of other stories that you hear where people want really wanted to get out and they tried their own thing. So I was forced out. And the the interesting thing about that is, you know, I feel like if I didn't get let go, I would still be in architecture. And I'm so grateful that I, that I got let even though at the time it was like the worst thing that ever happened and and just just gut wrenching. Um, I look back and it was definitely a blessing in disguise. And because now I've been able to discover this world of online business and automation and, and passive income. And, you know, it's allowed me to, like I said, build new businesses. But more than that, it's just made my life more flexible and made my time more flexible. And, you know, I have two kids here at home in San Diego. I have a six year old boy, three year old daughter, and I've been here at home with them throughout all their lives. And being here, it's just, it's really weird because my son is now in kindergarten and I feel weird that he's not here anymore whereas usually it's the other way around where it's like um you know when the kid goes off to school it's kind of uh you know i i'd be at work and i wouldn't see much of him but um you know the the teachers and the other parents at the school they see my wife and i both bring our son and pick up our son from school every day and they're like what do you do like how are you able to do this and you know, I get into this, to, to the spiel. Um, but it's again, the, the flexibility that this and the freedom that this kind of lifestyle, um, and business gives is, is really what matters to me most.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. No, I think that's, um, yeah, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was just to, to talk about that. And I know that you're a relatively new dad and just, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, you built this business, it was back in 2008 and mm-hmm. you were just about getting married at that time. So you didn't have kids, so I imagine that was a strong motivator. You're saying, "Hey, I got laid off, and now I have to provide for my wife, and okay. then eventually your kids." Do you still struggle with um, the balance, for lack of a better word, between building your business to to create sustainability so it's going to be around for years to come, and mm-hmm. spending time with your kids? Like, do you feel the pull to, "Oh, I you know I really want to. I'm really excited about this launch. You know, you you just did your website and and the projects that you have. Do you still feel that pull? And and is that more intense or less intense than than it used to be.
1: You know, it, it's funny you say it that way because you assume that it was definitely hard in the beginning and you're absolutely right. It was really hard in the beginning. I was not balanced at all. <laughs> um, you know, when I started my business, it was just my wife and I, but I always felt like there was, more work to be done and that's one of the things that most entrepreneurs struggle with especially when you work from home I mean your computers always there now we all have our phones with us and we could do work on our phones and you know we can't stop and that's one of the cool things about entrepreneurship is that you you have that flexibility to do work whenever but that's also the uncool thing about it is that you can do it whenever and most people do do it whenever and so my wife and I actually had a lot of heated conversations about that and one time she actually she and I were having a conversation and you know and her mouth was moving uh, but I wasn't really paying attention because because I was thinking about, you know, that next email I wanted to send or that new product I wanted to create or whatever. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was I was thinking about, but I wasn't with her um, and mentally at the time when I was talking to her and she called me out. She she saw that I wasn't listening or could read it um, like all or most women can do. And um, we we had a heated conversation and really what came out of that was that we created some boundaries. So even though we always think, hear like, you know, break away from the nine to five, like screw the nine to five job, I had to create, a schedule and have specific hours of the day when I and her she knew I was working and that was great because it really fo- it really honed in on my focus and allowed me to really start to break down those those moments during the day when out and what I was supposed to be doing and when um, creating those barriers and those boundaries. So uh, those schedules have changed over time, especially since having skids But since having kids, but I continue to have certain hours of the day that I do get work done and that I don't work and i'm fully present with my family too another thing that helped was creating physical space to do work and when i'm in that space i'm in work mode i'm doing that that's what i'm focusing on and people around me and my wife and everybody they know that when i'm in my office for example that i'm working but when i'm out of it more than just them knowing that i'm not working anymore i know i'm not working anymore and that's the beauty of a 95 job where you have to go to work every day you come home and you're not working for me, having work in the home, I need still needed to have some sort of physical boundary to say, no, Pat, you're not working. You're not supposed to think about that right now because you have kids and they're there in the rest of the house and got to pay attention to them at that time. So, you know, I still struggle with it, though. I can't I, I will be honest. And I think most people know that you can never break away from that wanting to always continue to do things. But I've just made it more of a priority to really just own the fact that I can, I only should be doing, doing work during those times and in those physical spaces. Uh, and it's, it's still a struggle and I do cross over every once in a while, but I'm much better now than I was before with getting back at, in, into the groove with where I'm supposed to be, uh, and be there mentally hundred percent when I'm at work, be there hundred percent with my family when I'm with them. And, um, and, and yeah, so that, so that's, that's really helped too. Uh, one thing that I will say is that now that the kids are older, uh, or even when the kids first started, I realized that I it was impossible for me to get work done whenever they were there, uh, and yeah. so I, I I stopped trying to work during the day because that's when they were up, that's when they wanted my attention, and I like one of the things I learned also is is that when I get interrupted it takes me like 20 minutes to get back into that focused work mode, and that's a lot of time. And I think this is common for most people, that transition time between kind of getting interrupted and trying to refocus, that refocusing time it takes up a lot of time. And a lot of us, I think, can can if if you consciously think about it, you might see that you spend half your day in that transition time where you're not really getting much done. You're just trying to get stuff done. And so I realized that I'm not gonna try and even work. You know, I'm not I'm not even gonna try and fight it. I'm not going to work when my kids are up. So now I only do work when the kids are not awake. Really? And and, and I can get way more done in the Three hours I do either in the morning or at night, and sometimes it's four, two in the morning, two at night, after or before they, before they wake up or after they go to bed. Um, it's a little bit different now that my son's in school. It's starting to change the schedule, and that's another thing. You, just, you have to keep adapting to the situation, being conscious about what's working for you and learn with whatever you have to work with. But I can do a lot more in two to three hours at night than I can in eight hours during the day because it's just uninterrupted it's completely focused and so I don't even try to fight it anymore and that's how I've been able to kind of really uh, hack my way through through my schedule and get things done now
0: yeah I think that's that's very wise advice just the creating the space creating the time I mean so many times people think oh I'll just work from home and it'll be like glorious and it, no. I want to go <laughs> to this nine to five you probably I mean you probably experience that with people that you know interact with your content and then actually you know apply it and they realize that it's not that way, you know? Right.
1: You know, it's not all, it's not all unicorns and Ray bones. I mean, I, I also miss having people around me, you know, and, you know, love my family, yeah. of course, but my wife can only take so much business talk. And if I want to talk about, you know, I, I miss water cooler talk and just seeing my buddy on the other end of the cubicle, you know, that I can just tell a joke to her or whatever. Like I don't get that anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a struggle. So that's why, I, even though I love to stay at home and I want to be with my kids all the time uh, as much as possible, I still make some time to go out and meet others. I go to coffee with people on Wednesdays who come through San Diego. If you're ever through San Diego and want to have coffee, like message me, we'll try to make it happen. Uh, I always, you know, once or tw- twice every other month, I go to a conference, for example, and just get in that world and get purely focused on building relationships there and just getting that talk in your one on one interaction with people which I which I need and I think it's just a human need to, to, to want that uh, related to whatever we're doing so I still make the time to do that but I always try to just really always focus on on being here and pre- fully present with wherever I am at
0: no I think that's that's awesome so tell me about um, you know you you intentionally designed your you know work life so that you are very much spending time with your kids whenever they're awake as you say. Um, tell me about that time that you're with them and what things are you intentionally doing with them that you maybe are unique or you know, how do you invest that time with them that you feel is going to you know, impact them in the most way because of your unique
1: situation? You know? Yeah, I mean I do whatever I can to lead by example. Um, so I always know that, you know, especially with this, these kids at this young age, they're always looking up to my uh, wife and I and they, are, you know, w- w- if we tell them to do something because they're not supposed to do it, we can't do it too. You know, just being very conscious about that. Um, one of the other things I, I think I have a unique sort of position on because I'm an entrepreneur, because I'm doing things in the way that I am online um, is, is that I'm able to take these entrepreneur principles and instill them on, on my kids, especially my son who's six, who's very much influenced by, like I said, what, what I do and what my wife and I do. Um, so one of the things we are working on, um, and I say that because it's always something that's coming up is, is working with my son Keone through his failures. You know, we, we, him to to experiment and try new things and you know a lot of times he gets his head gets in the way and he's afraid to do something or he does something and fails the first time and and just wants to give up and so we really work hard on not commanding him what to do but working through him with by asking a bunch of questions really questions are our number one thing to get our kids to actually understand what's going on so you know how kids often ask us a bunch of questions yeah I ask him a ton of questions because I want him to start to begin. You know, I'm sort of guiding him to the way that I want him to go, but not telling him. I'm having him figure it out because that's what I when I became an entrepreneur, I had to figure it out on my own. And even though I asked a bunch of other people questions, it was when other people asked me, well, why are you, are you doing it that way? Or how do you want your business to be structured? Or what do you have to offer these other people? Because when other people ask me questions that I discovered those things on my own and we're making our kids do that, too. Uh, through asking a lot of questions. Um the other thing that we do is 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 uh we're trying to really hone in on the fact that complaining does not <laughs> lead to anything great. Uh you know, one of the things that I've learned that what is when I make mistakes in my business, when I uh, fail, the more I just am upset about it and and get myself down on it or or just try to blame others about it. Um, the the more time goes by where nothing good happens you know that nothing's going to change when i complain it's whenever something comes up and there's a problem uh you work on solving it that's what we're teaching our kids to do so we have this thing called the complaint jar and this <laughs> is something that we've put uh, together. So, you know, uh, you know, our kids get uh, money from friends, family, wherever we We often we also do uh, the Dave Ramsey model. We give our kids a commission. So if they do work and chores around the house, yeah. they get a commission. They don't get they don't get money unless they do something uh, useful and a value. So so my kids get commission, uh, but they get a quarter taken away every time they complain if they don't try to solve that's it at great. the same time. <laughs> And it's hard. I mean, it's still my we've been doing this for a couple of years and it's still we still hear the complaints. And I think that's just a natural thing kids have. But we're, we want to get him out of that complaint mode. We want to get him into, OK, if there's something wrong, let's see what's going on so we can fix it and not have it happen again. And it's just been a very good uh, thing. And, and, and so whenever we see him try to solve a problem first before complaining, then we actually give him a quarterback. So it's just kind gotcha. of in and out and, you know, it's, it's not yet a hundred percent solving problems versus complaining. I mean, he complains all the time, but again, it's just a, one of those systems that we've put into place that we have seen progress now and it's, it's, it's great. So that, that's another thing that that we've uh, kind of tried to implement and kind of gamify, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's great. That's. Like you said, though, I mean, it starts with with modeling it yourself. You know, I mean, you can you can do any of those things like you want, like a complaint jar. But if you're still complaining all the time, it's not really going to do much.
1: I think if we complain, we have to put quarters in, too.
0: Oh, that's great. We're
1: we're, we're participating, too. And, you know, we catch ourselves doing it. But I think when our kids see that we catch ourselves doing it, yeah, it's that model that we want to present to them that that's that's, you know, that's that's the right thing. That's great. That's awesome. And so, it also shows we're not perfect either. I think that's that's another thing. Like I'm not afraid. I think a lot of people who follow me online know I'm not afraid to admit my mistakes. I think a lot of people know that because I'm very open about my mistakes. I, I'm open about my failures. And I think a lot of people actually enjoy watching me fail more than I do succeed. But either way, it's a lesson for people and that, that's why I'm here. Uh, but with my kids, it's it's, you know, if I try to do something and it doesn't work out, Um, I don't complain or I try not to, and I talk with my son mostly because he's the one that's at that age, Um, but even my daughter now too, now that she's three, I talk to them about what I had tried to do, the fact that I failed honest about them, about the fact that I'm not happy with it, but also talk to talk with them through, okay, well, what, what I could do better next time. Uh, yeah. One of the things that is similar to that is my son has been noticing that every morning I write in this thing called the five minute journal and it's this way, uh, it's, it's a really cool journal. I think journaling is one of the most underutilized things that we could all do. Um, and I've been doing it since I've been reading this book called the miracle morning by Hal Elrod and journaling is, is one of part of that m- process of self-development. Um, And this, this journal is not just a blank journal and you just, it's not like a teenage journal where you write down like who your crush is or whatever. This is like a journal that has a specific structure. So every day I wake up, you put in the date and you write down three things that you're grateful for. Three things that you're just completely thankful for. And then you write down three things that you want to accomplish during that day or things that would make today awesome. And then when you go to bed at night, you write down three things that were great that happened that day. And also one thing you could do better. And I've started to implement this with my son. And so when we wake up in the morning, we don't necessarily write it down all the time. I write it down, but I just have him talk about what's one thing he's really thankful to have in his life. And I think instilling this, this sense of just being grateful for what we have, um, is, is another good, uh, practice that I think is going to benefit him and when he can, uh, and my daughter, when they grow older.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's a, I think, a. Something that any age person could benefit from. Oh absolutely. Just gratitude in general. You totally, know. totally. So um, what do you think your like your parents did right to get you to have that mindset with your kids? like do you did you do that same thing when you were growing up, or no. is it something you just kind of learned? <laughs> or is it the no, complete opposite? And then you um, just did that?
1: <laughs> it's kind of the complete opposite. I mean, I don't you know my parents are amazing, and they were bit, the the thing I learned about them is that hard work pays off yeah. um and and you know, serving others is is great. I mean, my mom more than anybody has has put her uh, serving others first before herself, and that's that's one thing that I truly modeled after her. I mean she is always the person trying to figure out ways to help others before she's helped before she helps herself because she and she taught me that when you help others you know they're going to want to help you back and that's what I teach online the more the more you serve your audience the more you're going to get rewarded um so so that's what I learned from them um you know just the hard work and just patience also with my dad I think he that's what he taught me was just the fact that you know things don't happen overnight and you have to be patient with when you put in the hard work you know you're not always going to see those results right away and in this world where we often see results right away or we want to see results right away we put in a google search and you see it literally tells you you've seen you've gotten those results in point zero, 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 four, seven, one seconds. I mean, that's how fast yeah. we want things these days. There's Amazon prime now where you can get de- an order delivered to your house in two hours. Um, it's still important to know that you kind of have to wait for things sometimes. Uh, and that's what my dad taught me. But, um, some stuff that I wish was different or, you know, I, uh, it's hard to say wish was different cause I'm very thankful for where I ended up. And I learned some great lessons along the way. But, you know, one of the things that that my dad did with me that I didn't like and that I don't teach my kids is that, you know, I I would come home from school with a test score of like a 96%, which is great. Mm -hmm. But then the first thing my dad would say would be like, well, what happened to the other 4%? And then (laughs) we'd work through all of those problems one by one that I got wrong. And I understand what he was doing, but the way he framed it was that I had to be 100 percent perfect all the time, and yeah. that's absolutely not true. That's that's something we're not that that we're teaching our kids too. Is that you don't have to be perfect, but you should also learn what mistakes you made so you don't make those mistakes again the next time around. Um, so th- that's what was different. I, I also grew up not necessarily um, from my parents on uh, trying to f- be the cool kid or or perfect or you know. In school, I think is really what influenced me um, a lot to really be just a self-conscious kid about who, who was worried about what other people thought about me. Um, that wasn't for my parents. It was just kind of a natural thing going to school. You know, we, A lot of kids are worried about self-image and whatnot. Um, and with my son, he's starting to, to express I, things that like what other pe- kids are saying about him or what he wears or whatever, um, and we're telling him that like one day – my son came home from preschool, and he was like "Dad, so and so called me weird, and he was really upset about it, but to kind of spin that around i I told him, uh dude, well you are weird he yeah. was like what dad what why are you be, why are you being mean? I'm like I'm not being mean like you're weird, dude, we're all weird, I'm weird, your mom's weird, and that's why I love her like what makes you weird is what makes you Awesome. That's what makes you unique. That's what makes you different. And if they're calling you weird, that that they know you're you're unique, and that don't you don't want to be like everybody else. You want to be weird, and so keep being weird is what I t- what I tell him. And embrace your weird is is kind of a message I share yeah, online. You know, um, and and you know, a lot of people who know me and my brand you know, they know I'm weird, too. Like I'm this marching band geek who used to play Magic <laughs> the Gathering, who's just definitely in love with Back to the Future, anything Back to the Future related. And even though that stuff might not on the surface seem like they have to do with building an online business, they have everything to do with just me being me. And that's my vibe. And 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 your vibe attracts your tribe. And so, you know, I, I tell Keone, you know, even though people call you weird or whatever, you know, just keep, keep being you, your friends who enjoy you for you will find you and you will know them, you'll love them, they will love you. Don't try to force yourself into anything that doesn't seem like who it is that you are. And um, again, these are messages that we continue to say to them because they don't just sit the first time we tell them. And yeah. that's, that's a struggle for me. And I'm still working over that. The fact that, you know, I can tell these things to my kids and they will continue to make those same mistakes or continue to think in the way that I know is not the right way to, uh, to think or the way that I want them to think or that the. Uh, uh, and and it's just, you know, it's going to take time. And I'm just trying to be patient with the, uh, with them because, um, you know, it's an everyday occurrence sometimes. Do you think that's
0: like an uphill battle you're going to face like throughout schooling and stuff that they go through? And is there anything you guys would do to kind of... I mean, you, he goes to school. It's not like he's homeschooled or anything like that. Uh, but it's yeah. like, you know, something that's something you're, he's going to face because the path you've taken, Pat, has been outside of the norm. You know, you, you have... Like you Very said, much. you've embraced your weirdness. So with your kids, they're right now on a path to normalcy in how they're. I don't take offense to that, but you know they're yep. going to school where they're going to be surrounded by people that are maybe not getting that same thing at home. So they're kind of going with the status quo. Um, you know, True. that's that's True. Is, that's something obviously you're going to have to face ongoing. Is there, you know, did, did you guys thought about that of saying, oh, you know, an alternative way of kind of shielding against that? I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a helicopter parent. I don't want to be a shield and I want to let them experience things. I want them to learn. Like, I feel like the hard work we put in and you know, the the flexibility that our life has has given us and the business that it has given me to be there with the kids, you know, we're, we're putting in like, we're putting in the hard work now to hopefully set them off on their own so that they can make those decisions where we don't have to worry about that anymore, even though they're in that environment where that can happen. We're trying to train them, I guess you could say in a way where, you know, you know, where we know that we're doing our best and that's the best we can do. And, you know, we know there's nothing that 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 can stop that from happening, um, from them having, you know, being in that environment. But, you know, we're also doing what we can. You know, he's in a different school. He's not in a traditional school. He's in a STEM school, Mm -hmm. which is very much. I love this his school. I love his school because they teach in a very entrepreneurial kind of way, where it's solving real life problems. They work on something for quite a while and build up to an exhibition, where they then present their. And again, he's in kindergarten, but it's yeah. it's, it's 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 awesome how they, they they teach. And it's really making me want to do more with disrupting education, because I've seen what this kind of teaching has done to him and his students or not his students, his um, his 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 classmates, Uh, you know, everything from the fact that every Thursday he read, he reads to the preschoolers and he remembers when he was in preschooler, the kindergartners reading to him. But he also works with first graders who are teaching him how to use things like iMovie and 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 keynote on their ipads like it's kind of crazy um, but also the fact that you know like i said earlier they work on these projects for quite a long time and they present them to to not only other students but parents who come in for exhibitions and it was really cool because the other day before spring break he had an exhibition they were working on something for a long time and all the students had their own project they were, they were working on and all the parents were kind of outside all the kids were in the auditorium and before we were let loose to go and see our kids projects the teachers were like okay parents before you go and check out your own son or daughter stuff please go to other kids first and Mm -hmm. ask them what they're up to because we're working on having these kids be comfortable with presenting to other people first and when you go to your kids first they're going to be worried about pleasing you they're going to be focused on that let's all go around and find other kids first ask them how they're doing let's get them comfortable with presenting and i'm like oh my gosh this is like Per, this is like they're not I'm messing afraid. around <laughs> no they're not messing around like i learned that in architecture school I was deathly afraid of doing it and here they are at kindergarten getting comfortable with these real life skills that are going to take them so far um so you know i think we're doing our best to put them in you know to to set them up for for success and um you know we're hoping that that will happen that's awesome no that's that's really cool Hey, I, you know, just to, to,
0: to, cap on things, I think it's been awesome. It's amazing value you've given. Thank you so much, Pat. Um, yeah, thank and, you. and thank just you for, for pure value, but I just curious, like what books have you read on parenting that you would recommend to new parents or the things that have shaped your, your thinking
1: in parenting? Um, well, there's a, I mean, the, probably the, the one that has, um, had the most impact was the financial book that I read with, um, with my wife on how to just teach finance to kids uh, there's Dave Ramsey and his daughter who published a book on um, kids finances. Let me see if I can get the name of that. Uh, smart money, smart kids. Okay. Um, that, that was a great one. Um, other things that have really helped us. I, I haven't really read too many parenting books but I have um, talked to a lot of parents and just kind of just wanted to gauge where things were going, talked to a lot of parents because I have a lot of access to a lot of other entrepreneurs who have kids that are a lot older. And I just talk about, well, what I could look forward to. And it's funny because everybody has similar things to say and they all have different ways of handling it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it just shows me that, you know, as much as we want to get answers from other places it's good to get guidance but i think a lot of it just comes with experience and 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 just being conscious about what we're doing in in the homes for ourselves Uh, i'm also really into games um for teaching kids lessons um you know, my my son is really into Minecraft right now, which I didn't even understand, and <laughs> I felt super old. But now I'm actually playing Minecraft because I want to be able to play with him and actually uh, talk to him at, at that same level and speak the same language. So now I know what a creeper is and an enderman and the underworld is and the Netherlands and all that stuff. And, you know, he thinks I'm like a cool dad now because I'm actually understanding what he's doing. And I right. think – you know, if my dad had started playing Super Mario Brothers with me, uh, we would have a much deeper connection. I, as, as weird as that might sound is, um, I think, you know, it would be true, you know, uh, speaking that same language. And so, you know, I'm always trying to stay up on beat with what my kids are into and what they're, what they're doing and just try to try to be there with them as a, as a friend too, at the same time. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much, Pat. Yeah, this will be I'll, I'll put all that on show notes, and so it's going to be it's going to be quite the show notes <laughs> with lots of resources. So thank yeah, you awesome. so much. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find out more about us and sign up to receive updates at twocentdad.com. If you liked what you heard or just want to say hi, you can shoot me an email at mike at twocentdad.com. Please leave a review on iTunes if you like the show. It helps us to get the word out to the most people possible. The show is made possible through the support of EC Group International, building software teams since 1999.